0: This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. I mean, who's uh, experienced that moment where uh, everything was fine and suddenly it just feels like a relationship is spiraling out of control? And it's painful and you're missing one another. And it's a mess. Who's experienced that? It's not fun. It's not fun when when things are not working. So it was around April last year. My wife and I. We she works with me and uh, at the at the church and and uh, we we normally Friday mornings we often go places like have breakfast together or at home we have breakfast together. But we just make. Time alone, you know, phones off, no distractions. And uh, so April last year, we went to, uh, to beach break, and everything was wonderful. We were like, we're going to have a wonderful time together. And uh, so on our way there, I was sharing with her about this book that I've been reading, and it's just so intense, you know, it's persecution and communism, and people are like Christians are getting slaughtered for their faith, and uh, I was just so moved by this whole thing and persecution. It was—I was trying to, you know, when I—I—I I, I, I work through things by talking about it. Most of you guys don't do it like that, but I talk. And uh, so anyway, so we're driving down to beach break, and as we're doing, some point Sonica basically, because she doesn't like terrible stories and things, which I understand. But I was like, I need someone out to to connect with and engage with me with this, and. And, some, and then she, she said something along the lines, like, you know, God's in control, you know, don't worry, you know, whatever, you know. But she sort of just like basically communicated to me that whatever you're talking about is, is, is nonsense. You know, that's how it felt. I felt a little bit disrespected. So in one moment, we went from going for a nice breakfast to, woman, don't touch me. Got out of the car, I am ice cold. I'm like, I'm like, you know, so we, we, in public, we hold hands. We walk, when we walk places, you know, we hold hands. We're quite affectionate. And so now we're walking from the car to the, to the coffee shop, and I'm like, don't touch my hands. (laughs) So now she's feeling there is something is wrong. And now she had all this expectation and this hope. We're going to look into one of those eyes. We're going to be sharing. And we're going to be connecting. And I'm like, I am. Uh. You know, so I am upset. And now she's upset. And so now her sunglasses are on. I My sunglasses are on. <laughs> now we sit. And I can feel this is a nightmare. I can feel it. It's a nightmare. So now we sit. And she's upset. I can see the tears are closed. It's just about to cry. And as we sit down, right in front of us, there's another table. And there's a guy sitting looking at us right there like, and there's a guy who has been visiting church and blah, 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 So he's looking at us. Oh, I wish I was a better hypocrite. Just, just for a moment. So now I'm like, okay, fake it till you make it. But this is not. Nah. And now Sonica starts to cry. You know, and the tears in her head drops and the tears start. And I'm like... Stop it! (laughs) The guy is seeing everything. (sighs) And I know how this works. All the women are seeing it and all they're thinking, oh, that big, that horrible man. I wonder the terrible things that he does to his wife. My heart goes out to her. Ah, so my public image is just killed, it's destroyed. And the more I'm saying "Stop it! Stop it!" the more she's crying. <laughs> so, guys, just a tip there: it doesn't work. Don't say "Stop it." It just doesn't work. It's gonna open the sluice gates. <sighs> Insensitive buffoon, you know. Ah, uh, so one of those moments that you uh, laugh about afterwards. It wasn't funny in the moment. <clears throat> but as we wanted to pay for the for the for the meal, the, this other guy he paid for us actually. So uh, it's a great way to get a freebie. So maybe try, maybe try it sometime. Just okay, okay honey, cry, cry. <laughs> oh, but those moments, you know, everything was fine, and the next moment, nothing's fine, and it's like all hell breaks loose, and it you know and and those moments it can even spiral out so much worse those moments when you now now you upset you know how could you humiliate me like that in public you know or how how could you be so insensitive you're so full of yourself and you know how can you be so sensitive you know and and then you can start saying things and it just oh spiraling and i often seen this that the 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 how we handle conflict sometimes Causes more damage than the original problem, you know. And so, and and you so both both parties are so hurt, but they don't even really know why. And then they think, but it was about toothpaste or something stupid, you know. Um, but the things we fight about are often so small. But then the conflict it it tends to we tend to hurt one another it gets worse and worse. And then we just fight about anything, you know. And so over the last few months, we've Sonic and I, we've sat with quite a few couples, and and, uh, and it was just interesting again to listen to the stories, and almost every time, it's like the solution is so simple. It is so simple. You're just missing the foundational building blocks, and so I want to do a bit of mass counseling here this morning, if we may, to, uh, to help you guys. It will work for any relationship, especially male-female relationships, um, You know, Sonic and I have been married for almost 19 years, and um, I fell in love with her, I think around the age of 19. And uh, there's been challenges along the way, but especially the last six, seven years, I think we've really hit a sweet spot, you know, in terms of our relationship. uh, God has done so many beautiful things in us. Although my parents were divorced, Sonica's parents don't have a great relationship necessarily, you know. Um, we don't have had good examples, you know. It's not like everything was, oh, somebody showed us how. But from the start, even before marriage, we invested and we kept on investing in our relationships. We would go there where the church started, like in 19-something, there was uh, couples. It was an evening for unmarried Not engaged couples, just dating couples. I mean, a a student church with hundreds of, of students. You know how many people pitched up? How many couples pitched up? Two couples. We pitched up. Another couple pitched up. Because we, from the start, said, we're gonna invest. We're gonna, we're gonna make the effort. This is unfortunately not like, well, let's quickly sort out the merits, eh? And then we go on doesn't work like that. You sort it out, and then you sort it out again, and then you invest and invest, and you sort it out again, and then you invest and you invest. It's a lifelong process. Sorry, guys. Really sorry. It's not like your TV. that just sits there, and it just on, off, and it's like, a, okay? You need to invest. And, and, and I'm so thankful what God has done in our lives, okay, and, and it's all the grace of God. It's not... Anything, you know, you can't do marriage in your own strength. You can't make it work in your own abilities. The hearts hearts are fickle. It is so easy for things to go south. And, you know, I'm just amazed at what, what God has done. Just in, You know, um, in this week we had a, a elders get together and, and Stephen asked us to think about this question. Who is the person or the leader or somebody that is influenced you the most in your life. And so, Sonica, I were chatting about this, and then, you know, obviously I've, I've read books, and I've watched videos, and, you know, when I was younger, there were certain specific leaders. But over the last seven, eight years, I would say Sonic is the one that influenced me the most. And she said that I am the one that influenced her the most. You know, and I realize that that's the key of a healthy marriage. When the person that influences you for good the most should be your spouse, should be the one that believes in you and encourages you the most, the one that prays for you, the one that 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 stands with you. You know, and 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 what Son- I mean, looking at Sonica now, and you know, the way she's preaching and ministering and and teaching, and she's almost basically finished her second book now, and uh, it's, uh, it's epic. I'm, I'm reading through the manuscript, and I'm like, I can't believe this is the same woman just from two years ago from the previous manuscript. I'm like, the level of writing and, and, and confidence, um, it's, it's incredible. you know. But she wouldn't be where she is now if it wasn't for me that encouraged her and believed in her and prayed for and prophesied over her and, and always said, you can do it. Go for it. Now, in the same way, I wouldn't be in the ministry today if it wasn't for Sonica. Who kept on telling me, forgive those who hurt me. Let go. Be loyal. Humble yourself. You know, I wouldn't be part of Shofar Christian Church or the Church family anymore. I would have walked away a long time ago. I would have said, stuff this. <laughs> I'm not taking this. And then she'd say, no. Forgive. <laughs> Believe. Trust in God, you know, and I've become the person that I am because of God and because of Sonica, God through Sonica, and she's become the person she has because of God through me and God working in her, you know. So, I want, I, want to, I want to encourage you that if God can do this for us, He can do this for you, and it might take time, it took us at least 10 years to get into a sweet spot and there was a lot of investment in those ten years. So this is not a short term thing. It's not a quick, okay, everything's fine. No. You know, you're gonna you're gonna you come to issues, you have to work through those issues and then you can and then you deal with that and then you move to the next and the next and the next. But God wants you to be a beautiful, powerful team, a partnership where You build one another up, you don't break one another down. And I meet so many people where they would say the person that hurt them the most is their spouse. The one that broke them down the most is their spouse. That is not God's will for you. Amen. So I want to share with you a few thoughts. And the one thing I want to show you or illustrate this today is if you want to, if you want to be truly blessed, Guys, you can't do it without Jesus. Honestly, are you, I don't know. Am I? You know, I don't know how, how you can have a beautiful marriage without knowing God, because God touches your heart and helps you to, to have a gentle, soft heart. And God helps us to love in a way that you can't love in your own way. So if you want, life flows from God. It's like the rain comes from God. It's spiritual rain, blessings like rain. Are we trusting for rain? Rain. In Jesus' name. But now what happens is. is God wanting to pour out rain upon you. It's like he loves you. It's like I'm here to help you. I'm here to heal your heart. I'm here to set you free. I'm here to give you hope. I'm here to help you to forgive again. And to get up and love well. I'm, I'm here. But then what happens is. We tend to. Go stand out in the rain. And then we. Put up a. An umbrella. Metaphorically speaking. And this umbrella that I'm holding, it it speaks of pride. It speaks of pride. It speaks of ego. It speaks of, I'm going to make this work, man. I am going to do it. I'm going to make this work. You can't. You're deceived if you think you can have a beautiful marriage. You can survive, yes. Or maybe. But you're not going to have a beautiful marriage. It's impossible without God. And so what happens is, is that we sort of sometimes think, man, I'm gonna do this my way. My dad did it like this, and I'm gonna do it the family way. Well, how was that marriage? Probably not very great. So stop it. <laughs> then, then follow the cycles of the past, which were bad. You need to break out of if, if you want a beautiful legacy. But we need, we tend to put up this and we don't, don't experience the blessings of God's. And I want to say to you, if you, the starting point of connecting with God, the starting point of having beautiful relationships, is you need to put down your umbrella. You need to put down your pride. You know, humble yourself. You know, know almost every Sunday I share stories about where I stuffed up. Kill my public image, and I feel closer to Jesus. It's beautiful. What's the point of faking it? but it's not working. I told Sonica, Sonica's asked me at times, Andre, to who are we going to go if we're battling? I said, we go to somebody, but we're going to get help. Sonica's asked me at times, may I tell other, May I speak to somebody if, if stuff isn't right at home? I, I tell you tell anybody if I'm treating you like dirt. You tell them. You keep me accountable. But I'm going to deal with my stuff. You see, because God sees everything. Why do you want to fake it? Why would you want to fake it? Why would we want to sit in the coffee shop, beautiful smile, Facebook. Oh, the beautiful Facebook photos. Oh, that wonderful holiday. But it's fake. Fake book. (laughs) Amen. It's fake book. No filter. (laughs) Yes, there's a filter. You're faking it. Let's put down the umbrella of pride, the black rubbish. Let's get real. Let's get real. It doesn't matter what the pastor thinks about you. It matters what God thinks about you. Deal with the stuff. So I want to read this, Colossians 3, verse 23. Talking about marriage. We're talking about how to have a beautiful relationship. It says, Whatever you do, do it heartily with all your heart as to the Lord and not to men as to the Lord and not to men whatever you do you do it as unto God forget about your public image forget about what people are thinking it even isn't even about your spouse it is about him it is about him and it says knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of your inheritance you're receiving a reward of inheritance legacy. You're receiving a reward. You're not going to get a reward from, from people. You're not going to even get a reward from your spouse. That's what number one. Number one is you're going to get a reward from Jesus, from God. That rain that's going to come down upon you, that bring life to the soil of your heart. You're going to know peace. You're going to know joy. You're going to know freedom. When you do everything as with all your heart unto God. With all your heart unto the Lord. The best thing that you can do for your kids, future children, is to have a beautiful marriage. And the best thing you can do for your spouse is to love Jesus. And you might not, some of you might not understand what I'm on about. I'm not talking about dead religion. I'm talking about an intimate living relationship with God where it is Him, it is He that moves you and changes you and helps you to be a good man or a good wife. There's so many times where God has intervened in our lives. I'm not, I'm, you know, don't say that flippantly. Honestly, God intervenes. The Holy Spirit intervenes. Those moments, you know, those moments we like, oh, I wanna, I wanna feel like a fight now. You wanna, like, oh, I'm gonna, and then you hear a voice saying, "Don't, don't, 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 don't say it. <laughs> don't say it. That's the Holy Spirit saying, stop. You're gonna cause more damage now. Step away. Step." back. So there's a reward. Then Colossians 3, verse 18 to 20, and just to introduce this, I want to give you context. There's a book called Love and Respect by Dr. Egerix. If you haven't read it, please get it. I beg you, get it. It is the Bible for marriage. It lays a foundation for a healthy environment in your relationships. If you're not married, also read it. It's brilliant. And basically the, the premise of the book is this, that there's a crazy cycle. And how this works is basically they've done studies, and the Bible speaks about this as well, that a man desires respect more than love. Ladies, you need to get this. A man desires respect more than love. We like love, but respect is more important. They ask a whole bunch of guys, if you have to choose between being Unloved in the world, but respected, or loved, but, unre- but disrespected by everyone. Would you choose? Most men say, I'd rather be unloved, but experienced, and, and people respect me. For ladies, they ask the same question, and they, ladies would say, well, if I have to choose, obviously ladies also want to be respected, but if they have to choose, I want to feel loved. So what happens is, is that the man acts like a man, which tends to be a little bit unloving, and the woman feels unloved and then she responds to her husband with disrespect because she wants love so she so she climbs into him maybe or treats him or throws the plate at him food there yeah, you know you unloved loving man you know and it feels disrespectful so the guys like what And the result is the man then pulls back and he's even more unloving. Like with my wife and I, we're going to the coffee shop. I felt disrespect. I'm sharing my heart with you and I pull away. And so when a man feels disrespected, he pulls away. He withholds love. And then the result is the woman feels unloved and then she disrespects and then we have the crazy cycle. And some of these crazy cycles comes from our previous generations. It's like mom and dad was the same. And now we're experiencing the same crazy cycle. And then when you, when you fight, then you get ugly. And then it, it gets worse and worse and worse. Okay, so you need to break the crazy cycle. I want to give you a few tips on how to break the crazy cycle. Okay, now here this verse sort of speaks about this. Colossians 3 verse 18 to 20. It says, wives... Swear word, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Okay, I'm going to explain that now in a moment. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well pleasing to the Lord. A home. Under God, there is divine order in the spur realm. And I know in our culture, this is completely the opposite of what is happening in most homes. But divine order, you know, there's one, way, one reason why I know that the word of God is truth. Even if you don't believe it, if you don't understand it, but when you do it, you see the fruit. It works. Works like a dream. And it says there, wives... Submit to your husbands. What is submission? Submission is a heart attitude before anything else. Then it says, husbands, love your wives. What is that? A heart attitude. Do not be bitter toward them. And then children, obey your parents, but there's divine order. So quick question, who is the head of the home? Jesus. (laughs) Then, the man, the leader. Then, the woman, the helper. And helper is not secondary in value. Same value, different function. The Holy Spirit is also called the helper. And he's God. It's not not the dis-a-woman. It's just different functions. And the children need to know their place as well. As they honor, they, As they obey their parents, they honor God. As the wife honors and respects the husband, actually she's honoring Christ. And as the man loves his wife... And serves us sacrificially. He's honoring Christ. Jesus is the head of the home. And every one of us needs to have that connection right. That connection right. And it seems counterintuitive. It's like, no, I'm not going to allow this man to just walk over me. I'm not going to be a doormat. I hear you. But if you want Jesus to fight for you, honor the man, even when he's wrong. Even when he makes mistakes. It doesn't mean you don't talk and share your heart. It doesn't mean that you don't share with your husband. I mean, this is beautiful. Now, I wish, you know, every, every one of you must, must come and stay with us for a week or two. Just to experience. But experience my wife. And she's not perfect and she's grown in this over the years. But she has an incredible ability to honor me. To respect me. In the way she speaks, yes, sometimes she misses it. But then Vian says to her, Is that the way how you speak to the king? (laughs) So Vian is sort of our umpire. Our son is the umpire in the house. But most of the time, the way that Sonica speaks to me, it is incredible. I experience... Ladies, you will not understand this because you're not a man. But every man in the house will understand. When a woman respects you, even despite maybe your lack of good performance or behavior, does something to you. It's like, wow, I expected to, to walk over me. I expected it to bad mouth me, to step on me. And the result is that I experienced the honor, the love of God through Sonica, as I shared last week. And it changes me. It changes me. And also, what also happens is that Sonica often comes and she asks me, well, can I buy buy this or buy that? We have one account. Two salaries, but all go to one. It's our money. It's not like you pay, I pay, who's going to pay for what? We're one. We're one. And and, um, maybe Sonica's going to share something about that in a few weeks' time. But... The way that she treats me is that when she comes and she's always a good track record, she's a faithful with finances, she's a good steward and so, but almost anything that Sonica asks me, I'm like, yes, for sure. Just for asking me is amazing. But the way that she treats me, she's, she's won my heart. She's won my heart. You see, and, and the scripture doesn't say wives. Submit to your own husbands when he's being so godly. When he's being such inspiration and he's been praying for so many hours and he's taking you out to romantic suppers and he's giving you gifts and he's rubbing your back and he's massaging your feet and he's paying. He doesn't say that, does it? It says, wives, submit to your husband. In other words, honor him, respect him despite... And when he makes a final call, go with it. He's the leader. Final call. You give your opinion. We chat about it. And then if normally you go for, we agree. But if you don't agree, then a man makes the final call. Allow him to make the final call. You'll win his heart. I promise you. Even as Sonic has won my heart, it is really powerful. Because it's God's way. You're honoring Christ, and then Jesus will fight for you. Let me give an example. So, uh, it was some years ago, uh, f- what, f- thirteen years ago, I think. And, uh, it was, uh, at that time, Sonica was working at Coopers, and she was normal job. And I, I, think it was a Thursday, a Thursday off. And so I would spend time with God on my Thursday off. So, uh, I started the morning praying, reading the word. And I'm like, I'm not connecting to God. Something is wrong here. Sure, so then, from say from 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock, I'm spending time with God. Two hours later, still, I'm not connecting with God. I'm like, oh, it must be the devil. So now I'm rebuking the devil. And now I'm worshiping louder. And now I'm going for more and more. And I'm fighting. Around 4 o'clock that afternoon, I'm like, God, what is it? And the Lord spoke to me and said, Andre, you hurt your wife last night. Apologize. Make right I'm not interested in your praise until you make right. Ish. So I, I drove to the town where she was working. We went to a park, and I asked her, "Did I hurt you last night?" And and then she cried in public again. Praise God. <laughs> and I did. I hurt her, and I apologized, and I made right. God will fight for you, ladies. I tell this to Sonica often. God is on your side. <laughs> he is. But then you need to do this right. Divine order. Don't, don't, don't break the divine order. Then God will fight for you. Amen. And that, that is so the truth. He comes in and He fights for you. The key that I want to share with you today is this. I'm going to get to the men now. Ladies, don't worry. <laughs> Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Unto God. Divine order so that God can come in. So that you put down the umbrella. Stop fighting in the flesh. Stop fighting in the flesh. I'm going I'm I'm to get back at this guy. Just wait. I can't feel crate you know or, or whatever it might be but that the thing on the inside that i'm going to fight in the flesh i'm going to show you i'm going to so hurt you i'm so going to get back at you don't do it put down the pride put down the ego stand before god i know that i'm going to stand before jesus one day he's going to ask me how do you treat your wife he's going to ask you guys how did you treat your wife did you love her as i said husbands Love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. And it might be that the men, I mean, when the guys and the boys are together, the boys would say to one another, Yo, you won't believe it, I'm my wife. She did this and she said that and, that. and the men are like, No way. Can't believe a woman would do that. Because the men understand you don't speak like that, you don't do it like that. And then at the same moment, the wife is somewhere with the girls. He's so unromantic. And he's so harsh. He just gets angry about everything. And the girls are like, oh, can't believe it. You poor girl. You've got such a horrible husband. (laughs) No, the truth is both of you are wrong. And both of you are right. It's called male. It's called female. No one's being evil. The one's just being a man, the other one's just being a woman, and you're missing one another. You're on the crazy cycle, and you may need to own your part. Ladies, if your husband breaks out in anger often, maybe you ask yourself the question, maybe it's the way that I'm speaking to him. Maybe he freaks out when you treat him like a child. Because men tend to act like children when you treat them like a child. That's the truth. We just freak out. There's something on the inside that snaps. It doesn't make it right, guys. It's still wrong. But understand how we communicate. I mean, I we sit with people often. I talk, I speak to the women and like, you, you've got a horrible husband. Then I speak to the wife, you, <laughs> but your wife is terrible. You know, no, it's just both of them are making this, this, the same usual mistakes. The way we speak or, or like, um, when, when there's conflict, you know, in general, us men, we, we're less sensitive. So ladies, guys, you need to understand this about women. So ladies, tend to be extremely sensitive when it comes to our words and our tone of voice. So, often happens with us, though, it's getting a little bit heated, and Sonica says, don't shout at me. I'm not shouting yet! (laughs) It was just a little bit louder. But it feels to her like I'm shouting. Because they are sensitively wired. It feels like verbal abuse, and we just haven't started yet. You know, they, they wire differently. It feels intense to them. Guys, you need to understand this. The moment you, you lift your tone of voice, the moment you're you, a little bit harsh, it feels intense. And how it works us, I'm generalizing people. They might be different on different spectrums of it. But with us, you know, when, when when you're in that moment, you know you can hurt one another now. Guys, especially you. We. We know now. I can now hurt you. You acted stupid. You disrespected me. As the pastor said, you should not. <laughs> Don't do that. That is not going to work. And what do we do? We maybe storm away. And we know that she's longing for connection. She's longing for to solve things. And you're like, oh, I'm going to make you suffer now. Not in an hour, maybe days. I'm going to talk to you, I'm going to ignore you, I'm going to, you know, you can, guys, you can hurt. And I know when it, when it happens, when we miss one another, then I'm like, I don't want to, I'm i whoo, I need to walk away now, so I walk away. And then I go pray. Thank God my Bible, I'm a little bit angry now, I'm going to, I'm going to make her just suffer a little bit, because I know she wants connection, she wants to resolve everything. I'm not going to, you not going to resolve it now, I'm going to, I'm just going to, because she's wrong, I'm right, I'm going to spend time with Jesus. Which is a better option than go watch rugby, guys. <laughs> but I've grown over the years for now within a few minutes in my little prayer room and praying and I feel Holy Spirit coming. You see, the Holy Spirit is a healing spirit. Holy Spirit is a relational spirit, wants to heal hearts, wants to reconcile. And the Holy Spirit comes and knocks on my door and say, Hey, go make right. So I'm down to about 10 minutes now. 10 minutes, I go back, my umbrella has been up, the ego, the pride, I'm going to make you pay, woman, (sighs) let it down, because you know it's normally like this, 95% is her fault, 5% maybe, (sighs) but I own my 5%, which isn't 5%, it's probably my 95% me, but own your part, Humble yourself. Own your part. Her, she's gonna stand before Jesus one day. She must own her reactions. She must respond, you know, she's gonna stand before God. She's responsible for that. I must make right. I'm responsible for God for my part. Now I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna wound you anymore. I'm gonna make right. So I go to her and I say, Sonica, I am sorry. And then she says, she is sorry. And then we pray together. And then the next day I'm like, did we? Have a fight. I don't even remember we had a fight. And she's like, we had a big fight. So then we talk again. And then we pray again. And if it was bad, then a day or two later, we talk again. And we pray again. I'm like, I still can't remember it. But okay, let's solve it again. The ladies tend to be more sensitive. So quick question. Ladies, who relate to Sonica in that sense? Any ladies that relate to the sensitive? It takes you time to deal with stuff. Okay, guys, see And it says their husbands, love your own, love your wife. Don't be bitter. And this is the challenge that when you feel like, well, she's only, and I work my... Behind off, I'm providing everything, and she's not thankful, and I'm doing all these things for the family and the and the children in terms of finances and work and all these things, and she's unthankful, and I feel a used, and I feel like a slave, and I'm doing all these things, and and, and, and she treats me like that, and she irritates me, and then and, and, and you go down that spiral. The problem is not your wife. The problem is your heart. You need to deal with your heart. You need to bring your heart, don't be bitter. Don't be bitter. You need to deal. How do you deal with it? Every day we don't go. We don't go to bed until we've solved our stuff. Every day we start new. Every night you don't go to bed if you have to be wet, all, awake all night. Might be a few all nighters for some of you now, but uh, <laughs> but deal with your stuff. Otherwise it's going to get worse. The crazy cycle is going to continue and things are going to blow up. Fight number one. Fight for your own heart, and then. You fight for your partner's heart. Get a good heart yourself and then your partner. Okay, so this is what you need to do. Own your part. Guys, maybe it's not her fault that she is the way she is. Maybe it's because you're treating her harshly. That's why she is. Take ownership of your part. And then begin to invest in one another's hearts. Put down the umbrella it doesn't matter if she's treating you with disrespect, you own your part. It doesn't matter if she treats you like a child, you own your part. It doesn't matter what she's doing, you are commanded by God to love. How do you do it? You go to Jesus and say, Jesus, please help me because this woman's freaking me out. Break, that's how you break the crazy cycle. If somebody needs to be mature. Immature people respond in the same way that the other person responded. Treat like this, disrespectful, so man, no love. That's immaturity and that's childish. Maturity is, I'm going to respond in the opposite spirit. I'm going to love you and be kind to you. Amen. Come on, say it. I'm the mature one. Remember those words when you are missing one another. Malachi 2, verse 13, ending off with this passage. It says, this is the second thing that you do. Now, this is Malachi prophet, and he's speaking to Israel. is a, a challenging scripture. It says, in the second thing you do, you cover the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping and crying. So, and it's like passionate religion. It's like, man, coming to God with crying, God, move for us, work for us. But he says, so he does not regard the offering anymore, nor receive it with a goodwill from your hands. Like, God, like, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in your worship, not interested in your prayers. I'm not interested in the stuff you're bringing. Not interested. Why? Yet you say, for what reason? Because the Lord has been witness. Come on, say witness. God sees everything. doesn't matter what people think of you. God is witness. He's witness. He sees your heart. He sees how you treat one another. He sees And it says, he's been witness between you and the wife of your youth with whom you have dealt treacherously. They can go both ways. You've hurt one another. You've inflicted pain on one another. That conflict moment, you shouldn't have said that. Say sorry. Do you say sorry? Sonic and I say sorry to one another often. We own, both both of us only have 5% of the issue. We blame the devil for the other 90%. He's the enemy, amen. We say sorry. We pray together. Spoke to a, a recently to someone that a husband um, that basically said to his wife that you know you can talk about your Jesus until we get to home, but uh, then we stop with his Jesus thing. The door's closed to Jesus at home. And he had an incredible encounter this week at our freedom encounter where he opened the door to Jesus, said, "God, come in." We need you. Open the door to Jesus. He softens the heart. Let go of the pride. Let go of the umbrella. Own your part. Don't preach at the other one. Come on, let's say this together. I don't preach at my partner. Don't try and change your partner. You can't. You're trying to be God. Stop it. You can't change your partner. You can love. You can honor. But God brings the change. The moment you try to change one another, that's when you're in the flesh, umbrellas up, and you're going to have a boxing match on your own. Don't try and change your partner. You need a change. Come on, let's say it. I need a change. Every one of us in this room can be more loving and more kind and more honoring and more humble and more faithful and choose to say godly words. With the one couple, we also said we had like, okay, okay, say to one another now, "I love you." Guys, your wife needs to hear that every day. Okay, ladies, you're not allowed to say to him now. You haven't said it yet. <laughs> Don't do that. Own your part. I'm gonna honor him, even if he never says he loves me. I'm gonna honor him because I honor Christ. But it's beautiful when people start to get healthy culture. You're, my wife needs to hear I love her almost every day, even sometimes a few times a day. I don't know, but I need to affirm my love for her. I need to continuously say I love you. All the men, even if you're not married, I want you to practice. Let's say it, guys. I love you. Let's say it again. I love you. Great place to start. Then back it up with some action. Good act. Right, right, right things. Back the words up with some kind deed or some time so it says there the Lord has been witness between you and the wife of your youth with whom you've dealt treacherously and yet she is your companion and your wife by covenant covenant do we have any idea what covenant is it's not a contract the contract is if you then I will covenant is before the Lord I'm going to act in this way irrespective of your behavior That's covenant. And that breaks the crazy cycle. And then you start building up an energizing cycle. And then it gets easier. Then it's not so hard. But if you have got an unhealthy culture in your home or in your relationship, it's going to take you time to break out of these type of things. Verse 15, he says, but did he not make them one? One. Come on, say one. Having a remnant of the spirit, and why one? He seeks godly offspring. God wants marriages to be one because that affects the children massively. Next week, I'm going to talk about that. Therefore, take heed to your spirit. Come on, say it take heed to my spirit. You need to check your spirit, you need to check your heart. At the end of the service, we're going to pray for some of you for healing of your heart so you can get renewal on the inside, so you can connect to God. And then with whoever, even if you're single today, you need to sort out your stuff so that you can love well in the future. So quickly, how do you fill up the tank? Four ways. You want to put that up on the screen. Very short, you just want to mention them. Four ways of filling up the love tank for the married people. Bedtime. Before you go to bed or before you sleep, be together at that time. It's beautiful time to connect share bedtime, brilliant time. Now, in our case, Sonica struggled to sleep for three years, so we had a traumatic season, and in the end, she couldn't sleep unless I am in the bed with her, with the light off. I'm like, put on a mask, man. Let me, I want to read. <sighs> and she's like, yo, now I get the look. You insensitive buffal. <laughs> so I had to lay it down. I had to change my schedule. I had to change things. I had to say, right, light off, say 9.30 or 10-ish. Because she wants to sleep. Then she lie in my arms, and I have had her. And then we pray together normally. And it's an incredible time. Now, it's it's a highlight for us of the day. I'm so thankful for changing our way of doing. It's not healthy for the one to go to sleep. The other one watching TV until 12 or playing games or whatever else. Get in bed at the same time, chat, connect. Connect. I do have an extra thing I do. I have earphones, so I listen to the Bible app for another three minutes or so. So that helps me a little bit, but I made a plan. But bedtime, it's beautiful. Make that transition, invest in one another. Secondly, supper time. Parents, TV off. Come on, let's say a TV off. It's not connecting. TV watching is not connecting. TV off, sit around the table, eat together, try to do it at least a few times a week, but I have a fixed every night to be better, but trying to do it as often as possible, and then engage with the children, engage with one another, share hearts. That is critical time to fill up the love tank. Windscreen time, beautiful time, we're driving together somewhere, then talk, share, connect, maybe pray together. We often pray together, worship as well. And then another one weekly, date night or morning, or just a coffee or some time that you are alone. We do Friday mornings. I tell you, if we didn't have those focused times together, the love tank will just go empty. And then things get weird. Then you get into the crazy cycle and it's a mess. So, are you making those quality time? You need to continue. It's a lifestyle. It is so easy. It's something you look forward to when you have the lifestyle. Make that coffee, weekly coffee, and connect. Amen. Come on, I said, I can do it. Own your part and pray to God for your partner's part. Lord, please work in the man or work in her. But you can't change. It's very important. Then when I want to end off with this. I'm going to put up some marriage vows. So if you are married, or yeah, if you're married, please take your partner's hand if he or she is with you. So I want to take you through. These are the the marriage vows that we do at our weddings, the weddings that I do. And first of all, I want to say is we don't understand covenant in our culture. We think contract. No, it's covenant. It's a vow that you made before God. So if you've been through a divorce, God loves you. Yes, there's life after divorce. But you actually need to pray into it. Trust that God will break. It brings a curse on you. Divorce is the breaking of covenant. It brings a curse on you, on our our land. our, Our country is battling with all the stuff that's happening. Bring it before the Lord, allow God to to wash you clean and give you a fresh start. But it says, then in in our case, it would say, I, Andre, take you, Sonica, to be my wedded wife. I've chosen, she has chosen, we've chosen one another to be my wedded wife. I make a vow before God between me and my wife, a vow before people. It says, to have and to hold, even when I don't feel like it, or even if it's uncomfortable, to have and to hold. From this day forward, there's no looking back, there's no wondering, there's no question mark, "Ah, maybe this is the wrong one, or maybe someone else is going to be better. No, from this day forward, not looking to the side, divorce, even the word is not allowed. It's not an option. Come on, say it. Divorce is not an option. Divorce is not an option. From this day forward, it says, in prosperity and adversity, in good times and in bad. Yes, there will be tough times. Yes, there will be bad times. Yes, there will be storms. And sometimes your partner will be the cause of the storm. But you vowed before God in good times and in bad. We're gonna push through the storms we're going to fight for one another in sickness and in health you see this is not about happiness it's not about happiness it's about holiness god wants you to be holy and happiness flows after holiness so in sickness and in health now this is a tough one is to make your sums even if your partner becomes really sick and can't fend for themselves or whatever anymore then then i'm still going to be there you need to make the make those sums so I'm going to stand with you. I'm trusting for healing for you. But I will be there to the end because it's not about happiness. Come on, say it's not about happiness. If you pursue happiness, you're going to be miserably unhappy. If you pursue holiness, you're going to be incredibly happy. That's how it works. And holiness is the path of self-sacrifice, of making those uh, sacrifices for one another. To love and to cherish and to honor in the Lord. Love is a decision, not a feeling. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. I will honor your family. I will love and respect them, but I will not allow them to mess up our marriage. Some of you need to pull boundaries when it comes to the in-laws and the people around you. Say, no, 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 no. This new family. Let's stop it. Don't mess up my, my marriage. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. And then it says, till death do us part according to God's holy law. And this is my solemn vow. Come on, say vow. It's a vow before God. Just about the parents thing. Um, there were times when my, my mom would come and Vian, our son was small and she'd come and visit us from Cape Town and, and then have a lot of opinions about the, how to do the parenting thing. And then she really hurt my wife. And I know that as the husband and leader, I need to protect my wife. So when my mom was back in Cape Town, I phoned her and I said, Mom, love you. But please stop it. Don't talk to my wife like that. Don't give your opinion about how we should raise our kids. It's, it's not helping. And unless you do this, you're not welcome. Tough, but I'm fighting for my wife. My wife is more important than my mom. Someone needs to hear that. Some of you need to fight for your spouse. And no longer allow other people to be more important than your partner. Your wife will feel incredibly insecure when other people seem to be more important than her. Fight for her heart. Amen. And this is my solemn vow. I'm going to pray for us. You want to highlight this. There's a card, a legacy card. I want to challenge Even if you're single, you can do some of these things. But these are some of the challenges this month that we want to encourage you to do. Write down your values as a family or an individual. Set time aside to pray and prophesy over each family member. Do something unexpected for your spouse, kids, parents, or friends that they will enjoy, etc. Okay, so take that home with you. Go do some of them over this month so that you can invest in one another. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.